0: And action!
1: Hello out there to all our thirty-four Cersei podcast. And cut! <laughs> Hello out there to all our thirty-four Cersei salon podcast listeners. I'm Don Sam Alden,
0: and I'm Sean Marlin Newcomb.
1: Thank you so much for following this podcast and for your support for programs that explore the untold stories of female agency and adventure throughout history.
0: This program is more than just something that we love doing, and we really deeply love it. It's also a mission for us.
1: And we'd love for it to be a mission for you as well.
0: So we've created an account on Patreon, a fundraising website in order to help us fund the podcast and some other really great, really fun projects that we have planned.
1: So if you're able, please go over to patreon.com slash 34 cersei and pledge your support. You can do a one-time donation or a monthly subscription. And any amount, even a dollar, helps fulfill the mission to help make matriarchy great again.
0: So thank you for taking the time to listen to us in this exciting little commercial spot that we've given you. So <laughs> now, on to the show. Welcome to the 34, Welcome to the 34 Cersei Salon. Welcome, Welcome to, to, to
1: Make Matriarchy Make great Matriarchy Great Again.
0: And welcome, everyone, to the Thirty Four Cersei Salon, Make Matriarchy Great Again. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb.
1: And I am Dawn Sam Alden.
0: And we've got something for you today, courtesy of Dawn Sam Alden. So, Dawn, <laughs> why don't you tell us about it?
1: We're going to talk about a woman warrior today uh, who uh, is known as the Lieutenant Nun. Catalina de Arauso, A Basque Transvestite in the New World, is the name of her um, memoirs. Uh, My primary source material is this memoir that is translated from the Spanish by Michelle and Gabrielle Steptoe. And uh, she wrote her own memoirs uh, at a period in her life where she um, sort of all of her past caught up to her. And uh, those memoirs have come down to us through a couple of different translations, but fairly close to the original. Um, So we're going to talk about her today and how uh, she is a complicated person. Um, As I mentioned to Sean earlier, uh, she may not have liked me referring to her as she, so I might try to use they instead. Um, but forgive me if I switch uh, pronouns back and forth at different periods during this story. Um,
0: she is an interesting, or they, she or they are an interesting they, character. They, they, are they are an, an interesting, interesting character.
1: Yeah. Indeed, um, indeed. Um,
0: the, the, uh, so what I was going to ask is I know nothing about this person, uh, okay. and uh, why are they called Lieutenant Nunn?
1: Yes, well... Uh, they were born in San Sebastian, Spain. Uh, they say they were born in uh, fifteen eighty five, but there is some evidence that that may have been a little early and that uh, that they were actually baptized in fifteen ninety two, I believe. Hang on, let me find it. There we go. Yes. Um, they give uh, their birth as 1585, although records in San Sebastian indicate that uh, they were baptized in 1592. In either case, she was born into a uh, a good Spanish family, and at a time period where Spain was sort of the primary power in terms of expanding empire. Uh, this is when Spain primarily conquered South America and um, and uh, slaughtered millions of its indigenous people and stole um, the uh, wealth, much of the wealth of South America, silver, gold, and jewels. Um, was
0: there any... Sorry, I just want to... Yeah, just we're curious, extensively cursed.
1: mined, yeah.
0: She's the... Lieutenant Nunn is Basque. They're Basque, so was it an issue? Wasn't an issue because the Basque have been always uh, a group of people who have really been strong with their own identity, their separateness as a Basque people. We also know that genetically they represent a um, uh, an outlier to a certain extent in Europe because they are much more closely related to the original Anatolian farmer groups that were in Europe prior to the Yamnaya invasion that we talk a lot about and certainly not glowingly. So what,
1: <laughs> indeed, <laughs> what, indeed. was
0: there an issue about that separateness?
1: Um, the, the, the Basque identity comes up um, when, she, when they go over to the New World, when they sail to South America. Um, but not before then, because, you know, they're living in San Sebastian. And so everyone around them is Basque. Um, but uh, they were born into, as I said, a, a, a good family, a good Spanish family. And um, their father was a military man, Captain Miguel de Arauso and had probably served in the South American colonies. Um, there was a big, It was a big family, big Catholic family, and um, their brothers went to the wars, and their sisters went to the convents. So the men left home very young and, uh, and went to find conquest and riches that way, and all of the daughters were sent to be educated in the convent um at a very young age and uh they they lived they stayed in the convent until a marriage could be found and if no marriage could be found then they just stayed in the convent for the rest of their lives they took orders and became nuns
0: okay so they didn't take orders beforehand uh, exactly. when they go to the convent yes. okay
1: yes but conventional marriage or conventual life were the two choices for these women
0: there you go. Well, it, it is an interesting just to hear it's, it's, it's such a different cultural world from mm-hmm. in that age and that age. So
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Although, you know, based on some of the things that I've read about nuns in convents um, also convents at the same time could serve as sort of bastions of female life protected from, the misogyny of the outside world. So, you know, we have
0: a wonderful episode on that, right? One of our exactly, first exactly,
1: exactly warrior nuns. So go
0: warrior back and nuns. look for it
1: exactly. So, anywho, um, however, conventual life was not Catalina's preference, um, and so they decided that they were not uh, they were not going to settle into this life. And, uh, in the memoirs, there's a wonderful little, uh, little, um, adventure, you know, they, the, the memoirs were possibly written in their own hands, but also possibly, uh, dictated to someone who wrote them down. Um, and, uh, they read like an adventure novel. Um, the, one of the gal that wrote the foreword for this translation, um, has has likened it to the sort of Piccadillo romances. and the translators liken it to um, Huck Finn, where she escapes from the life that she has and goes off and just has one adventure after another. Um, so this was the beginning of Catalina's life of adventure. She seizes an opportunity uh, where her um, aunt, who was also in the convent and not in the convent, this was a family tradition, um, gives them uh, the keys to go grab something out of uh, the aunt's room. And so Catalina takes that opportunity to to run the errand, but leaves the door open so that she can then run back and grab the the outside keys. and. Um, grab some, some valuables. Uh, they, they do a lot of thieving in their life. Uh, grab okay. some valuables and escapes out of the convent. Um, they must also have grabbed a needle and thread and some scissors because they then sit, uh, they hide in the woods, and for three days they work on changing the clothing that they left the convent with into a set of young man's clothes. They uh, they cut up the the wool um, overdress and make it into breeches, and um, they cut their hair, and uh, and off they go to find adventure.
0: Does the do the memoirs say anything about um, the choice that was made to? Because obviously, as as they're in the convent. They are yeah. living as a woman because mm-hmm. that's who lives in a convent. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of saying, "Okay, I'm going to now live as a man" is obviously a major. That's the that's the shift in that person's story. Mm-hmm. So, no, will come why have, or how or just yeah, just...
1: they have absolutely no self reflection in their memoir me- memoirs. Interesting. Um, okay. This was not a, this was not a psychologically probing document. This is a description of adventure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so all of the uh, speculation about what they were thinking and feeling at the time um, is all, you know, done by later later minds um, who have that. You know, we have more of a, a bent towards thinking: What were they feeling? What were they thinking? They have no such concerns. They only tell you what they did. Um, they say, I took a pair of scissors, a needle and thread. I took some of the pieces of eight that were lying there and the keys to the convent. And I left, I went opening doors and closing them carefully behind me. And when I came to the last one, I shook off my veil and went out into a street I had never seen without any idea which way to turn or where I might be going. I struck out in what direction I cannot say and came upon a chestnut grove just beyond the walls on the outskirts of the convent grounds. There I holed up for three days, planning and replanning and cutting myself out a suit of clothes. With a blue woolen bodice, I had made a pair of breeches. With the green petticoat, I wore underneath a doublet and hose. My nun's habit was useless, and I threw it away. I cut my hair and threw it away. And on the third night, wanting to get as far from that place as I possibly could, I set off without knowing where I was going, threading my way down roads and passing villages, until I came to the town of Victoria, some 20 leagues from San Sebastian, on foot, tired, and having eaten nothing more than the herbs I found growing by the roadside." So there pretty, she goes. Pretty launching, impressive. Launching a, into her adventure. Exactly. Pretty impressive.
0: I, I You know, because I always, whenever I hear these kinds of adventure tales, I think, what would it be like to do this yourself, right? You know, you just give, you're just sending out. And this is an era where it's not like, you know, they can go look for a job at a, yeah. you know, like a one, you know, there's like one ads. Well, They have to, to figure out how to, you know, exactly. navigate. It. How do you they get have to.
1: to how to Excellent. figure out their way and also now they have to figure out their way in a life that they have had zero experience with which is being a young man
0: or just being free being open being able to just move about uh, which is of course we know tied to being, being
1: a, a young, young man. man exactly, era, for, exactly. For
0: sure.
1: yes, yes. <laughs> yep um so one of the interesting things um You know, from her sort of conventual upbringing, uh, when they describe the towns they go into, the first thing they say about a town is how many, like how many churches, how many parishes, how many bishops, that sort of thing. And uh, that is actually very important information for them to have, because throughout their life, they were constantly relying on the church for sanctuary. And the reason they needed church for sanctuary is because they were continually killing people in fights. Uh,
0: no small irony. Of
1: <laughs> they had uh, they had yeah. a bit of a temper. <laughs> and uh bit of a and temper
0: they, and, and back to the place from which yes, had, they had, had they had
1: fled. Exactly. Exactly. No small irony there, as you say. Um so they also wind up um Creating relationships with their relatives, without allowing the relative to know who they really are. So, for instance, well, a couple of days into um, their arrival at Vitoria uh, in Spain, they wound up falling in with their uncle, um, who was a a merchant shipper. So, uh, the uncle would go to the new world, um, would bring people to the new world and then would load up on, on riches from the new world and bring them back to Spain. Uh, so after kicking around with a couple of small jobs as a page, as a secretary, um, and earning a little bit of money here and there, and often getting paid in suits of clothing, um which was very convenient because you know they started out their new life without with only one set of clothes that they made themselves um but also it was something that they could take with them uh when they went to their next job uh the clothes often the only thing they could take with them because they were fleeing <laughs> for their lives and well, so also, it was the clothes it- on their backs <laughs>
0: Part of me thinks that they're given these new clothes, sets of clothing because if you showed up to work with the same suit on every day, <laughs> I'm guessing people might be uncomfortable after a couple of, you know, maybe three, four days especially. So they're like, here, here's something new. And, and here's a bar <laughs> of soap, if such a thing were available. But anyway.
1: Yep, yep. So, after a couple of years of, you know, c- kicking around um in this area taking paid jobs and and being fed and all that sort of thing. Um Oh, during this time, uh they were arrested for the first time. Uh so they are, you know, doing business uh uh taking things here and there, doing deliveries for various um patrons, that sort of thing. Um but uh they were surrounded by um some street youths in Bilbao and uh they encircled uh the youths encircled them and, and started to threaten them and uh so they picked up some stones and uh and nailed a couple of the youths and were arrested and thrown in jail. And there they stayed uh, for a month. And, uh, and uh, the boy that, that, uh, that Catalina hit um, recovered was not, was not killed, was not seriously wounded. So a month later um, they were released from jail, but they had to pay for their stay in jail. So that kind of soured uh, Catalina on this, uh, this sort of delivery style, lifestyle. So um, they stayed in the house uh, of uh, their next employer, well-fed and well-clothed, for two years. Um, and then they say, but at the end of that time, with no more reason than it suited me, I quit the comfort of this situation and returned to my hometown of San Sebastian, where I remained completely unrecognized a well-dressed young bachelor. And uh, there's an instance where they went to hear mass at their old convent. And their mother was at mass. And I saw that when she looked at me, she did not recognize me. And when the mass was over and some of the nuns beckoned me into the choir, I made like I didn't understand. And with a bow here and a fine word there, I slipped out the door. So their transformation has essentially become complete to the point where their mother no longer recognizes them.
0: I was thinking, though, as you said that, the, but the nuns beckoned them. So does it seem like the nuns would have recognized us? How old would they might have been, in other words? So maybe the yeah. mother just really wouldn't. It just has been too long. Uh, but the nuns would have seen them at the full you know, uh, yeah. height of youth. So they might have said, hey... I know you. It's a nice suit. Come over yeah, to the choir. But you're not so. fooling
1: me. <laughs> yep. So yeah, this was uh two or three years after, probably closer to three years after they had escaped from the convent. So yeah, the nuns may have recognized them from just from the face, even though they were in a different in a s in a as a well-dressed young bachelor. So at this point, it's sixteen oh three. And they find work as a ship's boy on the galleon of their uncle, Captain Esteban Aguino, uh, first cousin to their mother. And on board, they set sail to the New World. Now begins their life as a soldier. Um, they came to the New World and... Um, and worked under their uncle for a while. Um, but they, they ran into some enemy ships at one point and did some fighting and, uh, and they sailed to Nombre de Dios. Now Nombre de Dios is apparently a, and you know, I I did just a little bit of research on this, but not much. So Sean, don't ask me any in-depth questions.
0: I will, I will refrain.
1: <laughs> but Nombre de Dios apparently was, um, the site of a slaughter of Spaniards. Um, it was a battle and, uh, and they, uh, Catalina says with, um, with sort of typical reserve, I remained there from for nine days during that time, many of our men died. So that's all, that's all they say about it. That's all the detail they give. But apparently it was enough that they didn't want to be on shipboard anymore because once, um, once their uncle had loaded up, uh, the silver that was going back to Spain, um, they say, I dealt my uncle a heavy blow, helping myself to 500 of his pesos That night, about 10, while my uncle was sleeping, I left the cabin and told the guards the captain was sending me ashore on business. Seeing as how they knew me, they easily let me pass. I leapt ashore, and that was the last they ever saw of me.
0: So when when they say they dealt their uncle a heavy blow, they literally mean they socked him.
1: Uh that, no. no.
0: Oh, meaning just no. simply the act of doing the betrayal, what they did. With
1: the betrayal.
0: Okay. Yeah, gotcha.
1: the betrayal of stealing money from from this person that they had been serving faithfully for a while and who had as as they say earlier taken taken her taken him under his wing. Um so there was a good relationship there, but they decided that's it, I'm on my own, so they steal a bunch of money and slip away into the night.
0: May I just say, this does not seem like a very nice person.
1: Well, you know, they definitely uh, were I out mean, for I, themselves.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and I get that in the context of all this, the grounds that they're breaking, I understand all that, but you can still be a bit of a jerk even if you are breaking social boundaries.
1: Absolutely. This, Absolutely. This,
0: this person as as they might say in the old days is not nice. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely um they definitely are complicated. Let me put yes. it that way. Okay. They're definitely complicated.
0: Not I'm just going to say they're not. I'm gonna, I'm say
1: they're yeah, not, not no, nice. But not okay. a hero, not a not a heroine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um so so now they are alone in the new world and looking to um you know to see what kind of life they can make. For themselves, um, working here or there, and you know their their memoir again is just like. And then I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. I mean, it's this, it's this rapid recita- recita- recitation. There we go, recitation. Of, I will go with that. Okay, of events in their life, but very. Very little self-reflection. I mean, the number of times that they talk about how they feel, uh, I can count on one hand for this entire memoir. So, I mean, put,
0: putting aside, you know, the, the the barriers that are being broken, just looking at the character, I suppose you would, that would have to be your mindset to be able to do all these sorts of things, to to have these kinds of adventures. You have to have a sense that you don't have a sense of self. There isn't that inner reflection going on. You just act, and your actions are your being.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know we don't we can't we can't say for sure that they didn't have a sense of self reflection, but they certainly certainly didn't put it in their memoirs. Let's say Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Um, So they started to pick up odd jobs, worked for a little while um, in Panama. uh, for someone who uh, they say wasn't a particularly generous man. And so um, they ran through not only their own saving uh, salary, but also the money that they had stolen from their uncle. Um, so they moved on to, um, so they ask around and uh, heard of a, a Truhellian merchant and signed on with him. And then uh and then got a new master and a new master and a new master. And they use the word master. So um, that's kind of an interesting um, translation of the word. Um, Mm -hmm. They get on a ship, the ship uh, capsizes in a squall and everyone who couldn't swim dies. A couple of people, including Catalina make it to shore, but, you know, now has nothing but the clothes on their back, Um, found passage on uh, another ship uh, to Paita uh, and signs on with a captain there and um, has the task of unloading goods, the entire goods of the ship and uh, sending them on in a specific order to different places, executes that, admirably um so gets a promotion uh gets two new outfits um set and gets set up in uh this person's shop um where uh they are essentially the shopkeeper uh writing down exactly who gets what and how much was sold and they say of their master he left two slaves to assist me and a black woman who was to cook for me. So they are living in a world where slavery is par the course. And usually the slaves were either um, the indigenous Indians who uh, they refer to as the Arucanian Indians,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, which are uh, the native peoples of sort of the Chilean area. Uh, the indigenous Chileans, um, who were, I believe, Mm -hmm. hunter-gatherers, but uh, also probably slaves from the uh, Caribbean area. Uh, So these are like uh, from what is now modern-day Haiti and that area in there. Um, although they could have been African slaves as well, because, you know, Spain and Africa are, are fairly close. So, well, I mean, um, either way, either
0: way, they would, I, I'm assuming they would have been of African descent if we're talking about Haiti, which would be by large African slaves. So, and, and also this is that era, Let's just, yes. you know, there's, there's yes. no issue there. We, we understand yeah. that this, so, this whole world is about this, you know, that's why she's referring to people as masters. I think that's the language of the era. You
1: know? Well, and, you know, just to indicate that they had no, um, they, again, you know, no self, very little self-reflection, but they trafficked in goods and people with, with sort of equal a palm. There wasn't, the, a, uh,
0: the Lieutenant yeah. none trafficked in yes, goods Yes,
1: exactly. People. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Again, not a nice person.
1: Yeah. So, um, while, uh, working with this shop, um, They get in trouble. Not surprisingly, they get in trouble. Uh, And it's, it's because of an incident at the theater. They go to the theater one Sunday, pulled up a chair to enjoy the show, and a certain Reyes showed up and placed his chair squarely in front of mine and so close up I couldn't see a thing. I asked him if he wouldn't mind moving a bit to the side. He responded in a nasty tone, and I gave him back a little of the same. Then he told me I'd best disappear or he'd be forced to cut my face wide open. Seeing as how I was weaponless except for a short dagger, I made my exit and more than a little enraged and with a couple of friends at my side who followed along to try to calm me down. So they have this incident at the theater where, you know, they got into an argument. And um, then on Monday, while they are keeping the shop, they see this same character, Reyes, walk past the door. So they close up the shop, grabbed a knife, get it sharpened, and goes after Reyes and is like, I got something for you. And uh, comes up behind them, says, this is the face you were thinking of cutting up, and slashed him. He clutched at the wound with both hands. His friend drew his sword and came at me, and I went at him with my own. We met. I thrust the blade through his left side, and down he went. So this is her first murder. Mm -hmm. I ran straight into the church, followed just as quickly by the sheriff, who dragged me out and carted me off to jail, the first I was ever in, which is not true. She was in jail once before, Um, but clapped me in irons and threw me in a cell. Um, So, blam, right off the bat, bat, she's like, and then I killed someone because they pissed me off, essentially. Um, Pleaded my case, returned to the church three days after, after uh, numerous appeals and maneuvers on the part of the head bishop, I was free to go. So she is constantly appealing to the bishops and the heads of churches everywhere she goes, and they are continually getting her out of scrapes. (laughs) And I'm not sure what she was saying to these bishops, like how she well, was. She was, getting-
0: a, she, she was a nun, and she knows she knows the nature of the church. Right. And she probably knew exactly what to play to. Probably what exactly she could say, what passages she could quote. You know, yep. she would come off. If you were a bishop, she would certainly come off as, "Wow, this is an exceptionally learned man, almost mm-hmm. as learned as a nun." you know for some other reason. <laughs> so yeah, I imagine, yeah.
1: Yep. So, um
0: What's the what's the Shakespeare line the devil can quote scripture
1: to his yeah. please?
0: It. Yeah, so that's yeah. there you go. Anyway.
1: Um Okay. So the first so there's the first murder, the first uh sanctu- seeking sanctuary in a church. And now comes the first um, scrape that she gets into with an amorous woman. Mm-hmm. So the 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 person that she was that uh, they were working for as shopkeeper has been advocating on their behalf to get them out of trouble, and uh, and so they come up with this. The the master comes up with this scheme that Catalina should marry. Don Doña Beatriz de Cardenas, who was the niece of the man that she attacked, and in doing this, then she would be, you know, or he, as was perceived, he would be part of the family, and all of the, you know, the scrape would calm down.
0: This this sounds like a like a sitcom uh, plot. This is this is wild. I mean, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. It should be noted, she says, now it should be noted that Doña Beatriz de Cardenas was my master's mistress, and that what he had in mind was to hold on to the both of us, me for business and her for pleasure. And they must have worked the whole thing out between them, because after I had been taken back to the church, I used to sneak out at night to the lady's house, and there she would caress me and implore me, supposedly for fear of the law, not to go back to the church, but to stay with her finally one night she locked me in and declared that come hell or high water i was going to sleep with her pushing and pleading so much that i had to smack her one and slip out of there so
0: oh man well wow.
1: so they are they are being set up essentially by their master and his mistress but his mistress You know, is trying to get a little extra out of the deal and see if, you know, see how uh, how good the new husband, the potential husband is going to be in bed. Catalina, of course, has a secret that she doesn't want revealed. So she's like, heck no. But, you know, casually says that, you know, she had to smack around the gal to get out of there.
0: This is a uh, this is quite a gem of a person here. Slave trafficking, murdering, woman assaulting, yeah. Uh, It's a story. All right. So what happens now with
1: our... Catalina. Oh my God, there's so much. So Catalina says, you know, I I lost no time in telling my master this marriage just wasn't going to happen, (laughs) that there wasn't any way in the world I was going to have a thing to do with it. He begged and pleaded and promised me mountains of gold, reminding me of the lady's beauty and talents and how this would put an end to all that business with Reyes. And he mentioned other things too. Still. I held my ground. So Catalina says, "No freaking way! This is not going to work." And so the master, I guess, because I have no idea, but um, but apparently gave Catalina a lot of money and and said, "Go set up shop in Trujillo." Um, So they go back to Trujillo. They're doing the exact same shop in this uh, the same shopkeeping that they did um, before, and uh, but while they're there, the friends of Reyes follow her. So um, she grabs uh, one of I would assume the slaves of her master, um, and the two of them go outside and uh and wait for the people that were you know skulking around the shop to throw themselves and uh Catalina kills someone else um and the servant uh that she dragged out there with her gets killed <laughs> are we having some uh some musical musical uh additions. Um but uh so again they kill someone they run to the church for for uh, sanctuary now this is the first time where another basquero helps her out um the sheriff drags her out of the church to bring her to the jail but while they're walking to the jail one of the deputies says you know tell me a little bit about yourself and they start talking in Basque and so the deputy says, you know, if you just happen to, uh, you know, slip out of those handcuffs, hint, hint, um, while we're walking by the cathedral, that might be, you know, that might be a good thing for you. So essentially, I just want to say
0: that I was saying something and I had myself muted. So you heard nothing of what I said to you. So, oh, absolutely. All anyway. I heard
1: was, was a little bit of music.
0: Yes, I was trying to explain that that was just a technical error. But... The Basque thing is really what I was, so so they begin, uh, so somehow it, it comes out that they speak Basque or the Basque, I'm not sure what the language is called in the Basque region, but whatever the language is called, they speak it and now they have a connection.
1: Right, right. Yes. Um, uh, Catalina says, when I told him I was a basquero, he said to me in Basque that when we came to the cathedral, I might consider loosening the belt he was holding me by. I took the hint, did exactly as he said, and darted into the cathedral while he stood outside bellowing for help.
0: Well, it's just a different time. I mean, think about our era where every bit of your information is logged. You can't escape the prying eye of anything. And in this world, you can kill a couple of people, and just and meet somebody away. from your yeah, just meet somebody from your hometown, and they'll go. You know what? I might just uh, have to look off for a second. It's. I mean, yeah, we exactly. we have a hard time imagining this now, but this- yep.
1: So she goes off to Lima. She escapes off to Lima, and in Lima um she is working for someone who her old master you know sent her a letter of introduction to so she's working for this person and she says so here we go um a yearly salary of 600 pesos, and there I worked much to his satisfaction and content. But at the end of nine months, he told me I should think about making my living elsewhere. The reason being that there were two young ladies in the house, his wife's sisters, and I had become accustomed to frolicking with them and teasing them, one in particular who had taken a fancy to me. And one day, when she and I were in the front parlor, and I had my head in the folds of her skirt, and she was combing my hair while I ran my my hand up and down between her legs, Diego de Solarte happened to pass by the window, spied us through the gate, just as she was telling me I should go to Potosi and seek my fortune so that the two of us could be married. Solarte went to his office, called for me and a little while later asked for the books, took them, fired me and I left. Hmm. So, the, the a lot has come up you know in scholarship about how sexually free she was with other women during this time that she was dressed as a man mm-hmm. and um and a lot of the scholars say well you know there's they were extremely um religious you know they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have done any done any you know engaged full full scale in lesbian activities but at the same time there's a lot of really big hints in their memoir um when setting down their memoir as they were setting down their memoir in a catholic church they couldn't very well have said and i was having sex or intimate uh, relations with all of these women um, that probably wouldn't have gone over very well. And uh, you know, they were having sanctuary at the time. So if they can to homosexuality, which was of course punishable by death um, it wouldn't have gone so well. So there's a well, lot well, hold of,
0: on. hold on. There's a couple of questions on that.
1: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So first of all, the memoirs are set down at, in a church, Okay, so yes, that's, all right, so yes. Talk, okay, I'll so jump a,
1: ahead. I'll jump okay, ahead because, but, but
0: let me just let me just so, yeah, so when you yeah. jump ahead, you'll have you'll know what you'll know what to jump after. Uh, okay, <laughs> for my interest anyway, <laughs> but okay, so the members are in the church. Are they are the people at the church who are taking the memoirs are they aware that Catalina is was born as a she or is and living as a man? So, because you're you it sounds like from what you're saying that they're aware that this is this woman who is telling the story of having lived as a man, or were they simply taking the story of a person they thought was a man and uh, always a man and that's it, you know? So what was the situation?
1: Um, So I could detail all of the various adventures that Catalina has and wow, she has some. Um, and a lot of the things that sh- they are sent to do involve uh, what Spain was engaged with at the time, which was sending people um, who had no other resources to the front lines of the Spanish um, conquest and just murdering the native people and burning their fields and driving them out of their homes. And she. When she had no other options, she did some of that. Um, And uh, again, they seem to have very little self-reflection about it. They also wind up getting in a quarrel, um, quarrel after quarrel after quarrel, killing people in quarrels, spending time in jail, appealing to the church, running to the church for sanctuary. I mean, it's just one instance of this after another. (laughs) In the process of which, after they had spent three months in jail and had finally been released, the first thing they did on the way out of jail is to um, agree to serve as second for a friend's duel and get in a fight with the other second, kill the other second, and that other second turns out to be their own brother. So they murdered their own brother in a fight. (laughs)
0: Wow, no, that's, that's horrifically sad. Do they yes. reflect upon that? Do they say, oh my, you know, I, I was devastated by this fact?
1: They say one of the very few moments of self reflection, they say that during the brother's funeral, they stood in the choir watching the funeral in God knows what misery. That was the only thing they say about it. So after, after fighting and card sharping and, um, and seducing women and all that sort of thing for years and years, they finally, their, their past really starts to catch up with them and they wind up back in a city where they had killed someone in the past. the, friends of someone else they had killed have followed them there and they get set upon and there's no escape. They run, uh, they get into this huge fight and the Bishop of that town, um, a friend of theirs had run to the Bishop because the friend saw that's it. You know, this is, they're going to, they're, they're going to get, they're going to die in this fight. Um, so the friend convinces the bishop to intervene on their behalf and the bishop comes out into the middle of this big brawl with with several other churchmen and is like stop fighting you know the, god has commanded you to stop fighting and god has commanded me to to take care of this this man and uh and bring her into the church and you know and uh, and protect her in god's name and it's this whole huge scene and they're fighting and the sheriff is attacking the 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 priests and i mean it's this whole thing but finally the bishop prevails and convinces the angry mob and the sheriff to bring catalina into the church and there she stays and she's not allowed to leave and it is then in conversing with the bishop That they are moved by the holiness of this man and they confess everything. They say, I'm not, you know, I was born a woman, I'm I'm I was a nun, I escaped, I've lived this crazy life where I've been both rich and penniless, I've nearly starved to death. And so the bishop's, you know, is absolutely delighted. But the thing that she says that wins the bishop to her wholeheartedly. Is that not only has she remained pure, but she is an intact virgin?
0: Ah, very interesting that that would be something that would uh, we we not 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 unexpected. Of course, we know the nature of the world at that time, but it's an interesting that that would be the thing that kind of gets the bishop to really embrace her. Ab- now, absolutely,
1: yep. Yeah, because you know, a woman's value at that time was directly tied to her purity. Mm-hmm. and her piety. So uh, Catalina agrees to have a couple of older women uh, associated with the church come and examine her, to and they testify absolutely that's a woman's body and, in fact, an intact virgin. Mm. And so that is when the bishop says, in exchange for us championing you, you need to dictate your memoirs and you need to, you know, take the, retake the veil and enter and go back to a convent. So it is going to be a big, you know, as, as far as the church is concerned, this is going to be a great story about the redemptive power of, of, you know, religion, Catholicism and God. Mm hmm. So she dictates this whole story up until this point and and this is where the memoir comes from. Um, now, the memoir goes on after this point, so not for very much longer, but um, but scholars debate, you know if this was when she if she was telling the memoir up until, up until a certain point in time who wrote the rest of it because she becomes extremely famous and celebrated. She returns to Spain, um, is embraced by her family. Um, oh, after she, so she goes back to the nunnery and she stays there for nine months, makes really good friends with all of the nuns, (laughs) which, you know, again, you could take that as you will. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: but uh, the word finally comes from Spain that she did not actually take the veil. Va- she didn't complete her orders and become a full nun. And because of that, she is allowed to leave the convent again, put back on men's clothes, and go out and live her life. And again, you know, as this celebrity, she travels to Spain. She's celebrated there. She meets the king. The king gives her a pardon for and gives her a a, a, um, a pension mm-hmm. for for her soldiers for her service as a soldier, and it's a fairly decent pension. Um, and then she travels to Rome. She meets the pope. The pope gives her benediction to continue to live life wearing men's clothing, which of course was a big thing at the time because women were not allowed to wear men's clothing. Um, And, uh, and eventually she goes back to the new world and she, and she disappears into history. She fades away, living her life as a male, um, as a male farmer. Essentially she settles down in the new world she goes by the name Miguel, Miguel de Arauso, and uh, and fades into the into the years of history. It
0: makes me think that some people can just cyclone their way through life, yes, and just it's so you know, and that just it just kind of works. They'll go off because it's it's, a, it's an amazing story. I still can't get past some of the things that she did. I find it hard to embrace her, but are them?
1: Yes but, yeah.
0: Uh, it's it's truly an amazing story.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. I mean she was she was an adventurer. How do no you feel doubt about, about
0: it? How do you feel about her?
1: I, I think um, personally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that uh, they are an amazing story. Um, I think that similar to uh, travel narratives and adventure narratives that have been written throughout history, that looking back on it, there is some behavior there that I cannot condone. Obviously, um, but there is no doubt that they they lived large. <laughs> you know, they were true to themselves every minute of their lives because, uh, you know, they would fight, they would seduce, they would make some really, really bad choices (laughs) in their life. But, um, but they squeezed every drop out of life that there was to squeeze. And, um, and eventually, eventually won the ability to live their, to live out the rest of their life according to their own rules. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that this is certainly one that uh, I had never heard this story before, and I think it's an astonishing one. I have my issues with the character, but certainly not with the story <laughs> itself. So I thank you, Don Sam Alden, for this this really wonderful recounting of this person's life.
1: Catalina de Arauso, the Lieutenant Nun.
0: Thank you all for listening. This has been the 34 Cersei Salon, Make Matriarchy Great Again. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and we will be back again very soon. Take care.
1: And I am Don Sam Alden. Thank you again for listening. Take care, everyone, and blessed be.